We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I met Karina through a mutual friend a little over a year ago, and we immediately hit it off and became fast friends. You know those people who radiate positivity and you just want to hang out with them and learn from them? So she's one of those people. Karina Khalif Mass is a jewelry blogger and celebrity jeweler based in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, and grew up in a Lebanese family. I always assumed that joining her family business was the plan since she was a kid, But when I asked her about it, it turned out that there was a lot more to the story, including an awful tragedy that struck just as she was graduating college. So at that point, Karina switched gears from her childhood dream of becoming a criminal defense attorney to joining the family business and rising to success. Karina is a role model for female empowerment and supporting other women, so I knew that she'd be the perfect person to have on the show to share her story and her outlook on supporting and empowering others. Please be aware that in this episode, we speak about domestic violence. So if this is a topic that's a trigger or unhealthy for you to listen to, please feel free to either fast forward about 15 minutes in or skip this episode and we'll see you next time. Listen in to hear her story of courage, passion, and the road to success. That's my mom always called me a very like precocious, uh, goody, two-shoes little girl, but I was... I feel like I developed really quickly. I learned really quickly. Um, I was always ahead of the game. I was always top of my class at school. Uh, I always competed with the boys. I was like the only girl that competed with the boys mathematically. Um, I don't know. I was, I don't know, I guess slightly athletic. Yeah, I was more of a tomboy, I'd say. Yeah, when you grow up with like how I grew up, I guess you could, I don't know. It was maybe a rebellious stage or something, phase or whatever. I've outgrown that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, your family has been in the jewelry business for decades now, right? So was it always the plan for you to go into the family business? No, no, that's a really good question. Okay, so I've always loved the jewelry business and had an interest in it. Um, but at the same time, I always had an interest in, um, law. So it was like, I went, I was an undergrad. I went to U of M and I was applying to law school. And, um, I always wanted to be a criminal defense attorney because my dad had, you know, this case a long time ago. And so it just always intrigued me because it basically ruined my childhood. So, um, I just always, I guess, wanted to do that. And my dad just always said, no, I came here, you know, to this country to give you better. You can't be like what I am. You have to be like something else. So 
I guess jeweler was like on the back burner. So I was in law school for a while. And then my best friend was murdered. And so um, when she was killed, I was subpoenaed for her trial. And so a lot of psychological stuff came along with all of that. And I just couldn't handle law school anymore. So I totally um, did a 180 in my life and went back to my family business and dropped out. Well, I deferred from law school. I didn't really have a choice. uh, So um, I was going to go back the next year. But then that year, my dad had a stroke, two strokes back to back, and he was in the hospital. And my other uncle was out of the picture. And so I was really the one there running, you know, like the wholesale and the retail and the building and all of that. So I was right back in the jewelry store and I loved it. It was like very easy, came very naturally to me. And uh, I saw a lot of my friends struggling, you know, that were top of their class at Wayne State or this and that, whatever it may be, and struggling to find jobs or paying jobs. And um, here I was able to do well. And um, I loved it. And I decided to, uh, I decided to say, but that didn't come. I mean, that came, there was a lot that changed me to, you know, change the course of my life that drastically. Well, okay. So let's just backtrack a little bit. So you mentioned that you were interested in going into law because of a family um, situation involving your dad and and the law, right? So we're not going to get, we're not going to get into that now just because it doesn't, we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to, I guess, like, so could we go into, because I kind of want to segue a little bit into domestic violence. Um, could we just talk about what happened with your friend? And because that's a huge, awful tragedy. What happened, you know, that someone murdered your best friend. So we just mm-hmm. talk about that for a minute. Okay. So um with Layla, it was a domestic violence issue. Okay. So um they were destined, I guess, to be married or whatever it is. Like they were both oops babies, but their families were all best friends. So everybody like knew each other. So it's like kind of like since the time she was two, you know, she always was gonna marry him. I don't know, you know, flash forward to 20 years and he was very controlling and uh, was very, uh, you know, uh, I guess intent on setting their future forward. And um, they were in two totally different places of, um, you know, he was 25. She was just turning 20. He's like, oh, I'm going to marry you. I'm ready to go to med school, I'm going to turn this life around and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, hello, I'm just starting, you know, or finishing college or whatever it is. And I want to go in a completely different direction. And he obviously couldn't take the rejection and killed her. So it was very brutal and horrible at her parents' house. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, for domestic violence, like you, it's like, I don't know. You, it's the person closest to you that you least expect it. You know what I mean? I never expected it from him. No signs, no, no warning signs or anything like that. You would have never, never seen it coming. Right. I was going to ask you if you 
witnessed or or if your friend Leila had like mentioned to you anything about him, you know, hurting her or anything? Or- uh uh-uh. Nope. I think he just, I think he snapped. I think she was, you know, he already had a feeling that um, they were going to be ending their relationship. So I think, I think that's why he reacted so rashly. You know what I mean? I think she, he was like grasping at straws and she was going in the other direction. So I think mm-hmm. that's why, you know, emotions were so high and he just lashed out physically. Um, had never happened before. Wow. Did, did he have any history of depression, anxiety? Yes, he did. He did, actually. Um, but his mom was a psychiatrist and didn't document, like, treating him. So we don't know exactly, but, like, I mean, we know he used to take pills. He was depressed and bipolar and taking, like, you know, different meds and blah, blah, blah. He always had, you know, multiple pill bottles and whatever. Um, and then he just, like, threw them all away sometimes you know what I mean like yeah I don't know it, it was very it was very unstable let's just say that right you know it sounds like it I mean to kill somebody because you're upset they won't marry you that's pretty drastic yeah mm-hmm. or hang out that night whatever it may be yeah we don't really know the truth because she's no longer with us right and he's rotting in jail so huh <laughs> he can lie all he wants Right. So were you put on the witness stand or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. And how, how was that testifying against your best friend? Well, I guess I just wanted to say whatever like the truth was and whatever it was, it was, you know what I mean? So like, you can't like change whatever it was. Like I was friends with both of them. I was with them, the both of them, like three to four nights every week. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's like the lines were very blurred. So I guess it just depends, you know, whoever could have called me. But I mean, it's not like they got anything. It was just difficult to be called by the prosecution or the defendant, you know, by the killer's side. Um, but it's probably because I, ha- I wasn't called as a character witness or a witness for the for the prosecution they don't think I don't think that they needed me you know what I mean oh wow so they call oh so you testified I was technically his witness technically oh wow yeah that's crazy that they had to do that yeah so that was like a little difficult and like his family I mean her family was you know I think a little upset and confused but when you're subpoenaed there's not really much you can do you know right Right, for sure. You just go up on the witness stand and tell the truth. Yeah. Did did he try to contact you after? Um, no, no, because he doesn't have like free access. You have to like apply. I don't know how you would even call me. I don't even think you could call cell phones from the jail. No. I mean, I planned to go see him one day and ask him like the truth about why he did that. Like, what was the real motivating factor? Um, but I want to wait till all his appeals are exhausted and there's no way he can possibly use anything to, like, get out. You know what I mean? That way, it's like he'd have nothing left to lose. So he might possibly tell me the truth. Right, right. I've made my peace, I feel like. Right. It's just so, it's, like, unbelievable how somebody could, 
murder another human being, especially when he yeah. supposedly loves her. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, mental illness is so scary, especially when left untreated. When left untreated, yep. Yeah, Undiagnosed, well, untreated. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it's scary because his mom, you said, I said that his mom was a psychiatrist. psychiatrist and did treat him and obviously knew at some points in time that he wasn't on medications and, you know, left him untreated. So did she get in trouble for that? Um, I'm not sure if she got in legal trouble, but to be honest with you, they lost like all their practices and all their clients and any, everything anyways. So they've suffered more than. Right. Right. Well, okay. So how did this change the course of your life? Like how did it affect your life moving forward? Um, I just, there was no way I was going back to law school. Like there was just, there was just no way. I was just, there was too much anxiety. There was too much post-traumatic stress. There was too much. It was just, everything was too much. Plus I really loved the jewelry game. So it was like, once I got my teeth into it and I was doing well, and I don't know, it was just like, it was like a part of me that awakened and I loved it. So I just, I decided not to go back especially because at that point there was like the recession going on. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. none of my friends could find jobs. There was so many lawyers. Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was a changed person. Like that would just give me like an anxiety attack. Even think of thinking of anything that had to do like with the law or yeah, there was just, no, not good. So I'm sure it's so interesting how life works out, you know, because now you're so happy and so successful in what you do. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. And it, would, <laughs> and it wouldn't have happened had this tragedy. Not have. It, yep. Yeah. Um, it literally took that much. Yeah. It's crazy. By the way, why did your dad, I remember you mentioning that you said that your dad wanted you to have more or something. So what, like, what do yeah. you mean by that? Like he didn't travel all this way from Lebanon, you know, to immigrate here as a jeweler and just to have us be the same as him and his grandfather, his father, his, you know, great grandfathers. Um, we're, we come from like a long line of jewelers. So I think he thought like he came here to give us better. So why wouldn't we be doctors and lawyers, you know? Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like more educated. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, speaking of that, by the way, what's it like working with all males? Because aren't you like the only female yeah. in the- Yeah, there's pretty much the jewelry industry, like the majority of the jewelry industry is for sure male, male dominated, 100%. Right. Um, lots of like independent jewelers these days, like women designers, like they're coming up and about. But um, most all- the vendors, the diamond dealers, everybody that like we've worked with for years, gold manufacturers. I mean, most all of them are men. Right. So I guess that's one aspect that I was thinking of in terms of your family, because you worked with your brother, your uncle, your father, mm -hmm. my husband, your husband, <laughs> my cousin, a, a guy cousin, right? Yeah. A guy yeah, cousin. Yeah. I think I met him yeah. once actually when it came. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what's that like, like working, being the only woman? Um, 
a lot of testosterone. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's, there's no, there's no balance. It's very like one. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's very unbalanced. I get, I'll get like emotional and whatever, you know, or like get pissed at my dad or fight with my brother or whatever, but there's no like other female, you know what I mean? There's nothing else to like balance it. So the heat's always on me. I feel like. Right. Is that hard? Or do you feel like, like you're just, you've become like a stronger woman because of it? No, I'm definitely stronger because of it. Cause I don't mind. Like I can still throughout all of that. I stayed on the top. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I remember when I first met you, when I came in, you, I could sense, I sensed that you were like a strong woman because like I came in through the wrong door. Do you remember this, by the way, I came in through the yeah. wrong and you were like a little bit like suspicious. Like, who are you? Why are you like, <laughs> and then I was yeah, that's like, funny. <laughs> and like your arm, right. And you're, yeah. And like, you're, you just have that like vibe of like, don't mess with me. Like, <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I guess you kind of have to have that vibe when you're a jeweler, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, especially when I was on eight mile, like in Oak park. So you never know who's going to come in and it's mine to protect. So especially if someone comes in, you know, in my store armed, if I'm not armed, then how about, gonna, you know, what am I going to do? You have to be able to, to have it like available just in case you never know. Right. Right. Yeah. I've never had to use it. Okay. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, never had to use it, but there have been times that people have looked down and been like, Oh, I see she's back in huh? Oh. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it hasn't been useful or people haven't noticed. I just have never, you only take out your gun to shoot. So like, thank God I haven't had to do that. Right. Yeah. So being in the jewelry business, you obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, because there are men who wear jewelry as well. Um, but you design jewelry for women. You have your own business and the, the mm -hmm. sides for selling diamonds, which is your specialty. Um, you also have a separate business that you design. I think it's earrings, right? With Sarah, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, we yeah. do like all the dainty earrings for like pop-up parties. Like we do, um, a lot of piercing pop-up parties where Sarah will come and um, pierce people's ears. And then once those heal in like four to six weeks or whatever it is, um, they can switch out into our dainty line of, you know, 14 karat gold with diamonds that we, um, and gemstones that we like pick out all the stones ourselves. We make it all, manu you know, manufacture all locally here in Oak Park. And uh, so it's totally all Michigan goods. So we make it and it's fun. That's so cool. So Thank I, know, you. I remember you mentioning to me that Ashley Graham is a role model for you. And yeah, totally. And you designed jewelry for her baby shower. So can you tell me more about that? Yes. So, um, Ashley Graham, hundred percent is totally my role model beauty beyond size. That's what she always says. So, um, I don't know, like, especially after I had kids, like my whole body image changed and my whole body changed itself. So, um, she, I feel like really taught me how to re-love my, or is teaching me how to re-love my body again. So I love her. And, um, my brother designed her baby shower present and they, in her and Justin, her husband invited us out to New York to come deliver that stuff. And so, um, as a thank you, 
because once as a thank you, I flew out there with some earrings that Sarah Hermes and I um, custom picked for her for her piercings. It was obviously because I love um, Ashley Graham, but it was also because once my brother was talking on the phone with her and I'm like, oh my God, is that Ashley? Like, no way. Tell her I love her <laughs> bathing suit line. I'm just like obsessed. And then all of a sudden, like a few days later, I got this huge box with like 20 bikinis in it. And it was amazing. And so when I found out she was having a baby and we were flying out there, my brother said that um, he had a ticket for me and for him that we were flying out there to attend her baby shower. I was like, oh, hell yes, we are going to do this. <laughs> so we picked out everything like specifically for her and I gave it to her at you know, at her baby shower too. So that was really, really fun. Wow. That's and so inspiring. Amazing. Very, very inspiring. Yeah. So she, okay. So just to backtrack for a minute, so she sent you those, those bikinis, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like before she got Revlon or anything, like, you know what I mean? She was doing the bikinis like before she even, before she was doing like makeup ads. Oh, interesting. This was like a while ago, like years ago, like right when her bathing suit line started. Oh, wow. That's so nice. She sent that to you. She's so sweet. She's yeah. seriously so nice and so down to earth. And I love her. And I, yeah, she's amazing. Right. So, oh, I guess we should also say that just to like give a little bit of like a background, um, Karina and, and your brother, George, you guys, that you have some high profile clients. Yeah. So, so that's, that's how the original, um, connection was made through because George was on the phone with Ashley. Right. And so and then, and then she sent you the bikinis and then you went to a baby shower, right, designed exactly. it, which is really cool. And, um, it's also just, I like hearing these stories because people tend to look at people who are like super famous and celebrities and they just kind of like idolize them in a way and like almost making them like not human, like put them on a pedestal. Yeah, but, exactly. but the truth is that they're, they're just like everybody else. And yeah, they, they could, put their clothes on one leg at a time. Right. Exactly. And yeah. some, and some of them are super, are very kind, like Ashley is apparently, and others aren't just like regular people, anyone, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I met uh, some of the nicest people at her baby shower too. Like Justine Marjan, the hairstylist, the celebrity hairstylist is freaking awesome. And the cutest thing I've ever met. <laughs> She's so cute. She does like everybody's hair too. Right. Well, they say birds of a feather flock together. Like you get, you end yeah. up become, yeah. Connecting with the people who are like you, the same like vibrational energy. You know what I mean? I get that. I could see how that's true. Yeah. So you mentioned about that Ashley helped you with your body confidence. Um, could you like talk a little bit more about that? Like what does body confidence mean to you? Because I feel like a lot of women could benefit from hearing from someone like you really cool and who has kind of had to get used to their body changing a little bit, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say until I got pregnant with my first child, when I was 28, I was basically like the top, like, like the best body ever. Like I had a six pack. I had a great body. Um, I worked out all the time and then all of a sudden I got pregnant and stopped smoking. And um, I also was taking like, you know, medications at that time. So I had to like stop taking everything. And I gained like in total, like 
140 or something pounds, like a whole nother person. And so that like, that was really difficult for me because I couldn't really identify with myself because my body image, like working so hard on my body was always like, just like the way I identify one of the ways in which I identified myself. But like, I always had like a great body. I always could wear whatever I wanted and um, looked great and blah, blah, blah. But then I got pregnant. I, I learned to appreciate my body. Like while I was pregnant, what was the toughest part was after, you know, because like when there's nothing in there that's alive, you know, like a baby, mm -hmm. uh, your belly bump doesn't look as good and you don't really have an excuse to be still carrying all that weight. So, um, I don't know through going through like my pregnancy is and, um, whatever, uh, I somehow like came upon Ashley Graham who um, loves herself, loves her cellulite, doesn't edit photos, um, has so much life like in the, like is the center of attention for the party and she doesn't give a F, you know what I mean? Like okay. she is living it up and loving it. And you know what? Like you don't have to be like skinny, 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 like, you know, back in the day, like curvy and, you know, voluptuous bodies are beautiful too. And yeah. I'm glad that the world is starting to see that, you know what I mean? So totally. it's because of confident people like her that, um, helped me establish like a new identity, you know, before I was like the skinny fit in shape girl. Well, now I'm like the girl that had you know, kids and have lost half my baby weight and I'm still trying to establish my identity and get my body back in shape. So yeah, here I am. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing how when someone is confident about themselves and their body and you might feel like insecure about something, but that other person is like influential or they're just like, even if they're not influential, even if they, it's just that they talk about it a lot and they, promote that to the world positivity yeah. regarding the body how it could like normalize that. it yeah yeah well normalize it normalizes it. it you know what I mean because then it's like you think twice like do I really need to filter that like no I don't need to filter that one what what that one little dimple or that one little wrinkle like who cares you know right. what I mean right like we're not robots like everybody grows ages gains weight loses weight whatever your struggle is exactly you know? exactly yeah Right. And we all have, we're all going to have things that we don't like about our body. It doesn't matter if you're like gorgeous, everyone, yeah. like we all have insecurities and it's just about like, a pre like I know a hundred percent. I think back to that all the time, like how I never enjoyed my body while I had it. Like I was always hating my body so much while I was like thin and fit. And so it wasn't until like, I, I feel like I never even appreciated it, took it for granted the whole time. Yeah. You're not the only one though. A lot of people say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That could be true. Mm -hmm. yeah. Were you speaking about being confident, not really body confidence, but in general, were you always confident or was it something that you've worked on? Because I don't know if our listeners could, could hear it, but knowing who you are, knowing you on a personal level, <laughs> you know, I, I know that you're confident and like, you know, your strengths and you're just yeah. Like I would describe you as a confident person. So was that something that you worked on or was that something that took time? Um, I don't know. I just think that 
I would just like, am always myself and that I'm not like a good liar. So I always like, sort of like have like a stance or what I, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I don't know if I know going through school, like certain things, um, there were certain things that happened to me that made me feel like I, you know, like when I wasn't as confident, I got taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there are things that definitely made me get more confident, like as I got older and, and knew my worth, like middle school versus like high school, I feel like my confidence really developed. Like I was just soaring, you know? So, oh, wow. That's which cool. is, yeah. I mean, for me, but I think it's also because like I'm loud and that's part of my personality. And so I wasn't like really able to like curtail it, you know what I mean? So it's like basically either here I am, you know, take it all. Or like, if you don't like it, you know, just walk away now because I'm not going to get any quieter. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I, I guess I never thought of you as loud as, as much as just like, like more like outspoken, like in a good way though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I'm also I was, loud. I was like, <laughs> you may not have noticed, but I am also loud. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. So when I first met you, we were actually introduced through a mutual friend, Zara. And I remember talking to her. She, we, we were doing some, like, we, we kind of were doing a little bit of like networking meeting situation. And she's like, what you really should contact Karina, you know, Detroit diamond girl. And I was like, I'm not contacting some random person from from Detroit who I don't know and be like, hi, could you like, you know, talk to me, whatever. Um, but she kind of like kept telling me every time I, I hung out with her. So finally one day I contacted you. And um, one thing I noticed about you and your group of friends is that you are so pro-women and helping other women and women empowerment. So, Thank you. So where does this, like, it's just, it's pretty amazing seeing you, like you, Sarah, Rena. I know we've discussed this before. Like I remember once I had a sale, I didn't even ask you guys to post it. And all of a sudden I get all these notifications that you were all posting about my sale. And it was just so nice. And, um, you didn't, you didn't owe me anything. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like something we yeah. discussed. So I, I would love to hear from you, like where this comes from, what women empowerment means to you. Yeah. That for me is like something I'm really passionate about because like, I just opened my own store, like, uh, at the end of this past year, um, which was, you know, over 15 years in the making basically, you know, since I graduated from college and left law school. So for me, it's a really passionate topic, like, especially, especially since, um, I'm a woman in a jewelry business dominated by men. And I feel like, a lot of women can give the image that like women are like catty or jealous or, you know, like fighting, like women like fight with each other and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not like that. I'm not like a jealous type person by nature. Um, And so like, I feel like there's more than enough to like go around. So for me, it's like, if I see a woman, like, for example, I don't know, um, jewels, jewel clip. Okay. Mm -hmm. She doesn't right now have like a local, you know, like a, a storefront. And so it's like, you can go out to her house right now and check out all of her amazing extensions. But like, do you want to drive out there or, 
you could come to a pop-up at my store where like a bunch of women who don't necessarily have a storefront right now, especially because of COVID or whatever the circumstances may be. And you can come to my store and like all these women are, you know, promoting themselves and bringing their product and you can shop at one place and check us all out. And hopefully we can refer each other customers because we're not like jealous of each other. We all sell totally different things. And like, even so, like I've had other jewelers at my store. Like I honestly personally don't care. I just feel like if someone's going to like you, they're going to like you. If they're going to buy your stuff, they're going to buy your stuff. If they're not going to buy your stuff, then they're not going to like, I don't know. Maybe that comes from like the confidence, but it makes me feel happier. Cause then I don't, I'm not like, I don't get jealous of people. You know what I mean? I think there's so much to go around. Like, let's all get it. Like, I'll help you get it. Come on. Yeah. I love that attitude of yours that there's so much to go around that there's enough because yeah, when we have, when we think like that, then I feel like it takes away any anxiety or competition, you know? Uh-huh. Totally. That's what I, exactly what it is. It's like, oh, if you see somebody struggling, if they're doing better, it's not like they're stealing money out of my pocket. You know what I mean? Like per se, like directly, like theoretically, I guess so. But I mean, not really, but like, you know, if that person isn't doing well, like they need to be doing well, you know what I mean? Like, why shouldn't I encourage them? Why shouldn't I be, you know, like a woman that puts like positivity forward so that like other women can succeed too. Like if that helps, it doesn't cost me anything to like be nice or like provide like a platform, you know, for people like, you know, to support people like let's say on social media or even my storefront, you know, as like a platform for people for other women to come and pop up. By the way, men are allowed to pop up. It's just usually women. <laughs> right. But I'm not I'm not like sexist or anything. Like come bring your part your 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 butt and show up at my store. It's all good. Everyone's welcome. But it's I love to see like all these women who will come and pop up that um just like I mean, there's like the candle girl, this little candle and like wing me cosmetics and, you know, um, Vise and, you know, Danny, they're just like all these like chicks, but plus it's like a great opportunity for elevated, you know, Sarah Herma's one of my best friends, her and I have that dainty earring line. So it's a great place for like, you know, it, us to pop up for elevated, but also be at my fine jewelry store where you get to see my entire collection of everything from like, you know, lower end gold to like fancy diamonds and engagement rings. You know what I mean? So it's really fun. I love it. I love doing it. Right. And it's, I was going to also mention that, that I've been to pops up pop-ups of yours and I've seen women selling this similar things that you sell like jewelry. I mean, not similar because you're, you're, you're into diamonds and whatever different designs, but it's still the same. There's still um, jewelers. Yeah. There's still <laughs> jewelers. And I know, I, but I don't care. I know. And I, that's what I love about you because not a lot of people, including myself, I don't even know how, I would not feel like necessarily so excited about hosting people who are selling like almost like competitors. But like, look how I look at it because you're a perfect example. Look, I had two people come with cosmetic lines you were one of them and wing me cosmetics fadia was another one of them right but right. she only had eyebrows and eyeshadow stuff and you only had lip stuff so right. it worked out for the but if there was like a th- a thing where it was like you know um these guidelines set up that other cosmetic groups blah 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 it might not have blended but like there was a competition like a silent competition that could have been there but 
we removed it. It was, you know, cool. Everybody came and it was totally fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, they're, they're awesome. But um, yeah, I guess like, I don't think of them as competition because we're not like I'm selling lip stuff and they're selling eye stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you yeah. are both cosmetic companies. Right. True. True. Yeah. But no, it's true. As you're saying, like there is enough to go around and I love that mindset of yours. Um, Cause it's different. Like if I have another jeweler at my store, they're not exact, they're not selling the same stuff as me. So right. that's why I don't mind having a jeweler. That was like the parallel I was trying to draw. Yes. No, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Um, so what are some of your success habits? Um, consistency. Consistency is huge because like you want your business and like your social media and everything like about you to be like consistent. You want to consistently be yourself so that like people love your personality and that's why they choose you because everybody can like compete for, you know, anybody can do the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have to make yourself so uniquely you. So if you are, you know, just be you and I don't know, that's basically it. Be confident. That's another thing. Just being confident in yourself. Like, believe in yourself and yeah if you like open your store and you're consistent consistently posting consistently open you know consistently there and like you know how can you fail right right it's I love like that. you know how can you fail yeah people will see they'll see the light right <laughs> that's what I always say I'm like people are gonna notice how special I am people are gonna love me it's true. They do love you. Yeah. That Well, see, they have to meet me though. So it's like, sometimes it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, if I can get them to meet me or see me, I can do great. But so for me, my challenge is getting them in the door. So that's where the stability that I'm talking about comes in. Like I have to be there, present, open, available. You know what I mean? Stability. Yes. That's what builds a business. It's like just touches everywhere, I guess. Totally. Totally got that. Yeah. Are there any mistakes that you could share that you made along the way? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could have gone back to law school, but I didn't. I could have gone back later. I didn't. I could have left my my wholesale sooner and opened a boutique location, which I struggle with, especially since the timing of my, of my, you know, opening my new boutique location with COVID and everything wasn't the best timing, but who could have foreseen that? You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, no, I don't think so because I learned, I've learned like so much. I feel like I have like a really good base and, um, I know how to run all areas of my business and my wholesale and, I understand everything about the jewelry business and a lot more about like society and people and interactions with people. All of that is important too, you know, in sales. So I feel like nothing has been a waste of time. I don't have really, I, I'd say I, I don't really have regrets. That's great. Yeah. It's so true. That's such a good point that you just made about not, not really making mistakes because you learn from all your choices. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like, you can't pay the price, you know, you never know how much something's worth, you know, the, a lesson learned early, you know what I mean? Totally. Lesson, totally. the lesson learned later could be 
a huge mistake. Yeah. So is there anything else you want people to know? Okay. If you're not scared of it, it's not worth it. <sighs> I love that. <laughs> so that is what, that is what my hairstylist, Anthony told me one day I was talking about how should I open my own store? You know, there's too many chefs in the kitchen. It's me, my dad, my brother, my husband, everybody has a different way of doing things. Like, I feel like I want to open a new store. And he's like, does it scare you? Like, what's the holdup? I'm like, yeah, of course it terrifies me, you know, leave on my own. He's like, then you should probably do it. He's <laughs> like, if it didn't scare you, wouldn't be worth it. That is amazing. And so true. I don't know. I feel like you have to be yourself. You have to go for it. Like nobody's going to just like come hand it to you. You know what I mean? So like, even if you have to take a baby step here or there, even if you have to take a few steps back, like you have to see like whatever it is you want to do, like your, whatever your dream is. And you really just have to go for it. Like don't let somebody stand in your way. Like something so stupid, like where I have my jewelry store now on the corner of Maple and Cranbrook, mm -hmm. the city didn't even want to let me have a jewelry store there. They're like, no, you're too close to residential. You're not allowed to be within 75 feet. I literally fought with them for like six months. Really? Yeah. Just to put a jewelry store in a stupid little strip mall. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I fought with them for six months. It's like, that's probably why it was empty for so long because it was zoned for the stupidest things that like nobody thought it was worth it for me. I was like, Ooh, that's a good spot. You know, it was worth yeah. a little bit of a hard extra work. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think that you should never be scared to ask for help. Honestly, there's one thing, like if you become too proud, people use resources, have resources and do whatever they can, you know, to get ahead. Um, I think in this day and age, like never be too proud to ask someone for help. You know what I mean? You never yes. know. Like you really um, shouldn't. What is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Ugh. Well, I mean, I know we talked about this, but body image for sure. You know what I mean? Cause like for me, I grew up and like, I just struggled to like be skinny and like I was ethnic, you know, I am ethnic, like obviously like the Arab part of me, like with the nose struggled to not get a nose job. Should I get a nose job? Like, I don't know. Just, I hope like all that stuff just goes away and, uh, <laughs> which it won't yeah. ever, but <laughs> never know. I feel like these days people are, are starting to appreciate their ethnicity and the way they, where they come from. And I feel like it's yeah. hard to change a little bit, you know, it is. Yeah. So I just, I hope that it's like, if we can remove those stupid stigmas and just like move forward, like life is hard enough, you know what I mean? As it is to like, you know, be hard on each other because of our exteriors. So I hope that whole, you know, this whole generation of kids is, you know, wired up a little differently to be able to handle, you know, with armor yeah, totally. a little better, like be able to self-express and be free and um you know from the stigmas of older tighter you know generations right yeah totally um okay and then where can people find you if they want to learn more about you see what you're up to um okay well on instagram at detroit diamond girl 
or at the Diamond Club with two Bs, um, the Diamond Club Bloomfield, um, or I don't know on Facebook, or um, I feel like you're the most you're you're the most active on Instagram though, right? Yeah, Instagram. I mean, really, honestly, you can just DM me on Instagram. I I obviously I'll answer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, Queen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It was so yeah, nice of course. to you as always. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 